Hello, and welcome to the Royal Hour Podcast, hosted by the one and only Prince Onyx. Join me on a daily to weekly basis with the Royal Court and I as we delve deep into a wide range of topics. From entertainment to politics, both professional and streetwise, to personal stories of things that we've experienced. From dating troubles to family drama and (laughs) even our own tea that'll get spilled. All from a Chicago perspective that at times can be viewed as worldly. You can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and more. This is a show that you don't want to miss. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your good guy here, Prince Onyx. I just want to say first and foremost, thank you to the Anchor FM app because without it, the Royal Hour podcast would have never been able to see the light of day. Here at Anchor FM, it is a free 99 app that allows you to record and edit your podcast with all the tools that are available to you. And again, did I mention that it is totally free? Oh yeah, it is free, free, free. And this app is free. Da 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 da. It's free. It's the free ninety nine for me. With this app, of course, like I said, it's free. You get to edit and record your podcast. You have all the tools available. And it is distributed to other podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. So be sure to join Anchor FM today and let them know that the Royal Hour podcast by Prince Onyx sent you. Thank you. Ciao. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. It's your good guy here, Prince Onyx, once again. uh, I know you guys probably have missed my voice, giving y'all some new material, sharing my life with y'all once again. Oh, well, let's see a little bit of catch of what has been going on with your good guy here at the Royal Hour. Well, really in my personal life. But hey, I, this is what I built my podcast off of transparency. Um, So my mother had surgery this past week and it was a very scary thing um, for all of us, really. Um, But she made it through successfully. It was a knee replacement surgery. One out of two. Um, She goes back next year for the other one. And. When I tell you, like, her her energy, her spirit has changed, you know, like, she, because the pain is gone, you know, like, with the right knee that was really giving her a lot of the issues, and she's, she's, she's good, you know, the physical therapy is going good, just started officially today, um, it kind of un- unofficially started last week, um, they were just, you know, getting her used to how things would go, but it officially started today, and, the family so far has been showing up for her and I love that um and just our bond (sighs) here's the thing it was always it was more so me holding on to stuff from the past and letting that trauma fester and drive a wedge between us but I'm thankful regardless because I finally made peace with a lot of stuff from the past let it the fuck go because holding on to it just like when i was holding on to the anger towards you know enemies who who i thought were friends and you know that whole ordeal um you know to it i say all of that to say i'm thankful that my mother is still here and that i'm able to help with taking care of her as much as I may be tired at times, and I may be like, God damn, could I just get a minute? Did it, you know, did it, did it, but I'm thankful, you know? So that happened. 
Um, also, I just really should I've been cutting back on my social media intake, like I cut off the notifications on Instagram and Twitter, for example, like I literally have to check the apps to see if it's any notifications. Like if I if me and somebody on Twitter were having a conversation and then I like clicked out after a while because I give myself a limit of how much time I'm on these apps, you know, I'll check back and be like, oh, OK, so and so replied. Then I reply back and, you know, just scroll, like some stuff, share some stuff on my Instagram story and then just keep it pushing because, you know, it's just I feel like a lot of us have been so ingrained and so plugged in to the matrix that is social media that people just don't step the fuck outside of social media and put their phones down and just go out and enjoy life. Life is short. Yes. And in the same breath, life is long and it is meant to be enjoyed. Find the joy and peace in things. And that's what I've really been doing lately. Like, when I did the rebrand, for example, for the podcast, and I took out certain segments where I was just like really going the fuck off. I was just rah, 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 rah. like, Jesus Christ, I was just going off at the mouth because that was a form of healing for me. And it was also because it was from a place of hurt because it was a lot of betrayal and everything that happened last year. Then you fast forward now to where I'm in a better space. I'm seeing someone who makes me very happy because he's showing up for me in ways that we all know who didn't show up for me. And I'm not going to lie. Like at first it scared me and I was really fighting myself to not become jaded because that's the thing in the black gay community in particular because that's all I associate and date and fuck around with. I'm not interested in hearing nobody else's story if you're not black and, you know, gay, queer, whatever the case is. But a lot of folks, a lot of guys in my dating life or even shit, just fr- oh shit, I don't really keep a lot of motherfuckers who are jaded around me as friends because that energy will rub off. But a lot of guys who have come across have either shit i met niggas who were engaged if not full out married and then you know they broke up divorced the whole thing you know just called it off and so now they're jaded as fuck and now they just out here looking for fun and they ain't looking for nothing serious and rah 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 and it's like that's fine and dandy but you gonna you gonna be looking for fun and fun your way into into your damn 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s god willing of course And you're going to find yourself being lonely as hell because you did not allow yourself to heal from the trauma and the hurt and the pain. So you held on to it to the point where even if somebody is being nice to you and it's not on some sex shit, it's not on no let me take you out shit. It's just genuinely being a nice person. You're immediately in your mind thinking, oh, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that's where I was. I was like waiting for the other shoe to drop early on because... I just I I was trying to find a reason to say no to this new piece of this new journey in my life or this new chapter known as happiness. This happiness and this peace that I have right now, you guys, I would protect this with my life. I will protect this with my life because God, I, I I'm thankful that like I've stopped tra- I've stopped trauma dumping and emotionally dumping on friends and if i feel the need or the spirit to vent i will ask first hey are you good let me know how you're feeling first and then i will follow up with is it okay if i share something with you instead of just calling and then just uh you know just 
you know, like I, it's a way to like talk to your friends and have them, you know, be that shoulder to cry on and vice versa. You being the shoulder for them to cry on without you always doing it, because I'm not going to lie to you. After a while, I kept saying to myself, Arkira, you're going to run your friends away from you. And that's not what you want. It's bad enough. This guy ran away from you. And now, you know, shit, when you offered to take him out for fucking lunch as a friend for his birthday a couple of months ago, he said he doesn't know if he could see you in person because of how he just left and did it or die. And that right there, that was that was the fucking closure that I needed but I also didn't want to hear <laughs> and it hurt. It hurt because it just was like, well, damn nigga, you make it seem like I hate you. I despise you. I, I don't want nothing to do with you. It's like, I just simply wanted to hang out with you. But in the same breath, that just goes to show your guilty conscience is eating away at you because people have a way of blocking their own blessings and not seeing things in a bright side, especially when you come from the background that he, somebody like he came from. And it's unfortunate because at the end of the day, I'm a great guy. I'm a great fucking catch. I'm intelligent. I'm kind. I'm a sweetheart. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? You ask my friends about me. I'm the type that would give a motherfucker my last and figure out the rest for myself. I'm that motherfucker that will pull up to hang out with you no matter what the fuck we're doing even if i may not be in the mood per se and maybe that's something that i need to work on but it's like yo if it's an excuse for me to get out the house and i end up having a good time i will overlook how i first got to the the event <laughs> uh, shout out to bonnie blue the event i will i will overlook how i arrived at the event and be like damn i had a good time and yeah i just i'm in such a good space right now you guys like I'm more calmer now because I just stopped giving a fuck about certain shit. I've I just I've learned to let go and let God. I'm like, you know what? Whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. God is gonna find a way and make a way for me. I have to just know I have to wake up every day knowing that and also go to sleep every day knowing that. Because uh, where I'm at right now. I'm at peace with certain things. I'm thankful for the, the, the good thing. Hell, the good, the bad, the ugly that has transpired and happened. And even if even though there are some parts where I am not satisfied, there are some parts where I'm just like, damn, I wish this was this. This was that. I have to also remember faith without work is dead. I can't expect X, Y, Z. And I'm not giving X, Y, Z. Y'all feel what I'm saying? Like you have to. You have to, ooh, Jesus, I'm really, not tongue-tied, y'all, but it's just like the spirit is just on me right now. Because as I really reflect on life after last year, Jesus Christ, I just, I don't know. I thought this year I was afraid, I was nervous more so than I was afraid coming into it. Because, you know, turn to 27, it's the Saturn return, and, you know, it's, it sounds like such a scary thing, but from what I was told from my various um, friends who are spiritualists, just like me and practitioners, just like me, that a lot of them just like spirit just kept telling them he's going to be fine. This is going to be good for him. And as I say that and I look at where things are and the trajectory of certain things, I'm like, you know what? I fucking got this. You know, if I was able to get over all of the other heartbreaks, for example, before 
Mr. You-Know-Who from last year. Um, I was, a, you know, it, it helped me to be able to get over him. It helped me to be able to get over him and just be like, hey, it is what the fuck it is. If it's meant to be, you know, as the saying goes, it'll come another day. And in the same breath, I stopped focusing on that when that other day will come. And I focus more so on the present of now and who I'm with and how he makes me feel. And I'm I'm so thankful for that, you know, like I'm so thankful because I'll be honest with y'all again. This is shit. Honestly, I know right, y'all can probably take a play a drinking game about how many times I say the word honest or honesty or let me be honest. But for real, <laughs> let me just stand in my truth. I didn't think that on April 11th, 2022, I would finally come to a place of letting go of y'all know who and being okay with that. I never thought that I would get to that point because I was so afraid of, well, what's going to happen if I let go of him? Will he then let go of me? Then I had to remind myself the nigga already practically let go of me. You know, like, you know, he let go of me, but deep down inside, it's his guilty conscience that's still eating away at him. And, you know, he'll one day he'll realize, damn, our kid was a good guy. He really looked out for me. Oh, let me see if he's still available. And nigga, I may not be available. And if you do hit me up and we talk, the most I can do for you is let's just be friends. And It'll hurt having to friend zone you, but in the same breath, nigga, you ghosted me. So me friend zoning you is the is far less harmful than what the fuck you did. You know what I'm saying? Far less harmful. So let's not fucking go there. I wish a nigga would try to make me feel bad. It's like, bitch, any nigga who has broke my heart has been touched by the hands of God and my ancestors. I have a fucking track record to prove it. Niggas have literally been down in the fucking dumps because guess what? You fucked over a good person. Fuck it, a kind person because being a good person is really performative. But you fucked over a kind, gentle soul that simply wanted to love you. Didn't give a fuck about your past. Didn't give a fuck. Didn't give a fuck about what anybody had to say about you because it was all about what I thought about you and how I cared about you. But none of that mattered in the grand scheme of things because people already have their minds made up, truth be told. And when they make their minds up, there's nothing you can do but accept it. And again, it hurt like hell. But you know what? I made it to the other side because, you know, what I thought to myself last night as I was laying in my bed before going to sleep because I was just up because I had a lot on my mind. Certain sad songs that I would listen to you know, heartbreak songs, love songs, stuff like that. Like they don't hit the same for me. Like I'm not. And that's because again, I'm not even in that space of woe is me. Now don't get it twisted. I'm going to still bump me some Mariah, the scientist or some, you know, Eddie Holman or, you know, Keisha Cole or whatever the case is, or some summer walkers uh, still over it album. I'm still bump it. You feel me? But, but, (laughs) It, the shit don't hit the same. And that's just a part of the pro- of the healing process. That's a part of that healing process is being like, yo, this shit don't even hit the same no more. And that's OK. Like I cut back on the excessive drinking. 
hell, I'd fucked around and ran out of all my damn edibles, which sucked because, you know, I like to have a good, you know, good high every now and again. Who doesn't? But I was doing it excessively just to numb the pain. Just to numb the fucking pain of what happened last year, you know? Like, if I had to do last year all over again, I'm not going to front. He would be the only he would be the only person and the situation at hand would be the only thing that I would fix and save. But everything else that happened, having to kick those two toxic people out of my life, just clean house in general, pausing my production. Oh, I would have still did that. And hell, speaking of my production, I would have really scaled back on the amount of money that was in turn fucking wasted because my cast and crew who have had my back since day one and since the moment that they've came into my life and I came into their life, they didn't do they didn't do what the people who fucked me over did, which was fuck me over. And it's unfair to them because I'll be honest with you. I'm not sh- I know when we will get back to filming confusion, but it won't be in 2022. It may keyword may be in 2023 or it may be in 2024. I don't give a fuck at this point because I'm putting me first. And that's and last year really just fucking taught me, yo, you got to put yourself first. Fuck what anybody say about. Oh, that's selfish. Oh, that's this. Oh, that's that. I've embraced the fact that I'm selfish, baby, and I ain't shit going to change about that because I've been so selfless to the wrong motherfuckers that the people who I wish I could be selfless for or more selfless for because I do what I can at the bare minimum. But the people who I wish I could, but the people who the people who I am selfless for and I wish I could do more, I can't. Because I spent so much time trying to put other motherfuckers first who only was around me when it was beneficial for their own gain, for their own gain. And it again, it hurts like hell, man. It fucking hurts. It hurts. But you know what? Again, when you make peace with certain things and uh, people and situations that you can't change, You never are doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. Hell, I even forgave the nigga from 2020 who was just, you know, playing me to the left after we had met, met up and fucked on the first on the first meetup. Um, I forgave him for the bullshit that he put me through emotionally, mentally and spiritually. Not for him, but it was for me. And of course, he thought that was a, you know, invitation to come back in my life. No, nigga, that was just a me. That was just me saying I apologize for my part because I cursed the fuck out of him. I dogged the shit out of him. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm still Prince Onyx in this motherfucker. I'm still the Prince of Gotham in this motherfucker. Fuck you thought this was. What we doing? I'm going to give it up, but I'm going to also give you what you want and what you don't really think that you want to hear. That's just me. But I say all that to say, like, I forgave him. I apologize to him, not for him, but for myself. And that, that felt like, whew, a fucking relief. That felt like a relief because I was able to be on my mature shit because the immature me would be the one still holding on to shit from years ago. Now I'm just like, child, uh, mm. I just shrug my shoulders and throw my hands up to the shit. I'm just like, I don't know what else you want me to do. Like for any again, the niggas who have broke my heart and then try to come back in my life. It's like, 
You had your chance, nigga. You had your chance, baby. What are you what you coming back for? What you coming back for? Oh, you're coming back because you finally realize that ain't shit out. And this can you this can be me being egotistical. I don't give a fuck because again, I have a track record to back it up. You realize that the you know, like TLC said, don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. You realize that the waterfalls that you were chasing were fleeting. You realize the falsehood ideals and things, these idolized, fantasized, fetishized images that you had in your head about how you wanted your love life to be ended up being that of a fucking mirage in the desert that is your life. And me being the non-mirage, you pushed me into the sand and thought that, okay, he's going to drown himself in, in the, in the, he's going to wallow in the hurt and the shame and the this and the that. And for a minute I did, I was drowning in a quicksand of my own heartache. But what got me out of it was God and my ancestors, as well as the friends like Candace Fad, Revae, Sylvie. Oh, Jesus. Try not to get emotional. Um, Asia, Kendra, uh, Maurice, Kayla, Aaron, Ashley. And whoever else I'm missing, you know, like y'all really. Y'all really helped me. And I, I, I. I want to one day be able to make it up to all of y'all because y'all really helped me, man. Because y'all know I love that nigga. I did. And ah, today I never thought that I would get to this part in the healing journey of letting him go and being okay with that and not worrying about, oh, what's going to happen? Because the worst has already happened, you know, (laughs) the heartache the heartbreak the being ghosted when you thought you had finally found love it was like a it was like a just a fairy tale a dream come true like a prophecy fulfilled you know a premonition a good premonition that came to pass and 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 just in a flash it all fell apart and i had to pick myself up and <laughs> it's funny because i use my last conversation with him as motivation to go harder for my dreams when he said oh i don't know if i could see you in person and in my mind i'm like oh <laughs> i don't know what the fuck you going to do when i blow up and you see my face every fucking wet nigga And you see me with all the fucking artists and celebrities that we both, you know, follow and like their music and whatever, whatever. It's like, yeah, nigga, when I'm posted up taking pictures with this person, that person, da 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 da. And I'm not just, I ain't trying to be on no cloud chasing shit. But it's like if I'm at a party or an industry event or whatever the case is, then what you gonna do, nigga? Then what? Oh, you'll probably try to flow, flow back then because then it'll be I'll be beneficial to you because then you'll have more of a reason to be around me. See, that's why, like, I'm glad I'm getting a lot of shit out of the way now before my career really takes off, because by the time I get to where I'm going, I would have already been able to 
clean and cut the grass and weed out all the snakes, you know, and the people who don't belong around me. And uh, again, I'm thankful to each and every one of y'all because, man, that was a dark period in my life that I never in a million years thought that I would go through. I mean, hell, the nigga from 2018, he definitely caused me to have a mental and emotional breakdown. But that nigga, child, please, he's still flaunting after me to this day. And it's like, nigga, you hurt yourself with that because, nigga, you want to tell me, oh, well, the reason why I did what I did was because you weren't masculine enough for me. It's like, okay, but you still want this dick, though. So, oh, because you realize the niggas where you at and the non niggas where you at ain't on shit and you getting played around and jerked around like you in a big old circle jerk right yeah that's what the fuck happens when you screw somebody over who had everything planned out for us didn't know how it was going to come together but i just knew it was going to come together because i believe in manifestations and the law of attraction you what you put out you're going to receive tenfold so if you are putting out energy of ghosting people of breaking hearts of being an asshole being a cheater being this being that trust and believe karma is definitely making a list and she's checking it not once not twice but thrice and when she comes to collect you're gonna have to answer that door you're gonna have to pick up that phone and answer that call because no one really anyone with a common sense and um (laughs) knowledge knows that it's not wise to try to skip over karma because she's just going to come back harder than before and the next day and the next day and the next time where you're going to drive yourself to the point of insanity because hell and for the other niggas who broke my heart and who are now surprisingly in you know relationships shout out to y'all the niggas who y'all are with are literally a 2.0 of me and that's because once you leave our here, you end up trying to replace me and it ends up, well, not failing per se, because I'm not going to be that much of a bitch, but it ends up showing that I left a fucking impact on your life so much so that you sought after the, the shit, the next best thing closest to me, not exactly me, but close enough. Case in point. One nigga who I was fucking around with and trying to, you know, be with long term, whatever the case was, you know, we're still fr- we're still connected on Snapchat and Instagram. And I had saw one time um, pictures of him and his, you know, boo on their date and stuff like that. And them just hanging out. And I'm just like, nigga, is that me? Because the nigga, literally, the guy literally looks like me just a little bit, you know, and I'm just like, whoa, like nigga really went out here and got. Uh, I don't know which dimension he came from, maybe Earth 2 or Earth 3 or Earth 4, but, like, you really got this nigga. Like, what? Oh, the audacity, the nerve. Um, But all right, <laughs> whatever floats your boat and helps your stroke. But uh, it's just, ooh, sorry, y'all. Not even sorry, not, not even sorry, because, hell, this is transparency, but I just thank y'all, my listeners and my friends, um, but my friends especially, who helped me through that difficult time. And even they can tell you they, they've noticed the change and the growth in me that to me, it's, it hasn't hit yet, but when it does, I'll know just because I'm just in a, at a moment of finding balance with everything that has transpired and just, again, being okay with things that I can't change and just, 
accepting it for what it is. You know, life lessons, life and its lessons, life and its experiences. No matter how long they last. Let the good outweigh the bad. Let the good memories outweigh the bad, because the the shit that I was holding on to was the negative parts. But the good parts, the memories, the good memories they're part of the reason why I still can smile on the inside and out. But anyway, y'all just that little um, 26 minute rant I went on. I just had to get that out and just share that with you. But I have a special show for you guys today and I hope you guys are ready. So sit back, get your libations and enjoy the show. And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. And I'm pretty sure most of you are familiar with the line from the Notorious B.I.G., Black and Ugly as Ever, however. So I'm here to tell you about Black and Ugly, a clothing line where the phrase itself is an oxymoron and it is not everything that you think. Rather, it's everything you think it's not. Here at Black and Ugly, you are going to find unique pieces of clothing from hats to hoodies to sweatpants to camouflage pants to backpacks to little pins that you can put on your backpack as well as your clothing down to jackets, hockey shirts, so on and so forth. And mind you, this is not your typical average wear. No, this is wearable art created by a black woman for for the people by the people. This is like FUBU 2.0. Black and ugly. It's everything that you think it's not. Be sure to head on over there and let them know that the Royal Hour, Prince Onyx, sent you. Ow. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Royal Hour with your good guy here, Prince Onyx. So in this episode of me just shooting the shit with you guys and sharing my thoughts on different things as it pertains to various communities, you know, as I am black, I am also gay, so I'm a part of like two different communities, like, you know, hey, yeah, uh, hey, I'm a man, so that's a third community. Like, look, I'm a part of multiple communities, right? So something I want to talk about on a more serious note, though, is this apparent, not even apparent, this surge of the more hardcore party drugs. See, in the gay community, it was well known that crystal meth, that goes by several different names, um, whether it's Tina with the capital T, Ice, or this new one, which really bugged me the hell out, um, ice cream, shit, coke, crack, heroin, heroin, have you want to pronounce it, depending on what region you're from. These were drugs that you would see, or that were more known for the white and non-black gays using, right? But recently, and I don't know when exactly this begun, or began, however you want to pronounce it, but... There's been a surge within the black and brown, but I'm going to focus more so on the black gay community of these drugs and the usage of them among black gay men in particular. And when you add in the factor of sex work and the trend of OnlyFans and how a lot of these guys, shit, I ain't even going to say they got nine to fives. This is their nine to five. A lot of them have become reliant on this type of drug in order to push through what they are doing, this line of work and this type of work that is really not sustaining them and is doing more damage and harm than it's ever doing good. Um, Now, don't get it twisted. You know, with me, all I do is my edibles and I keep it at that. And 
sometime this year I'm going to, you know, do some shrooms, but though, but it'll only be in recreational, not as in, oh, I'm dependent on the shit. Cause I'm not going to lie to y'all last year. I was, mm, I was heavily doing edibles every day, almost every day, if not every other week, getting high just to numb the pain and to escape my pain and my issues only to wake up the next day and they still would be there. Those issues and everything that I was running away from, um, shit, I was drinking wine and hard liquor, mostly brown. And again, just shit and vodka or gin and whatever the case is again, just to escape. But now that I've built up enough discipline and restraints due to self-induced cleanses. And I've, you know, just really had to look myself in the mirror and be like, this is not me. This is not, I'm not trying to take myself out. I need to stop running from bullshit. I say that to say that with me, I do just, you know, edibles. I'll have a nice glass of wine, you know, maybe some whiskey here and there with some ginger beer. And like I said, you know, sometime this year, I'm going to do shrooms. But again, those are like recreational purposes. I'm not doing that shit and being heavily dependent on it like every day I need it. No, that's not me. But it's unfortunate that these hardcore drugs have somehow some way filtered into our community. And I don't know if this is due to the Ed Bucks of the world. If you guys don't know who Ed Buck is, he is this old white political sponsor. He like he uh, raises funds and gets like he's a fundraiser for a lot of politicians out in Cal- in the state of California, I believe in particular San Francisco, if not Los Angeles or wherever he is out there on the West Coast. He was arrested a while ago, but now apparently he may be getting out soon, which is horrible to think that this they're really about to let him out. But two black men had died while partying with him because he had injected them with meth and basically just watched them just stroke out and just just die and there was a third guy who almost died but thankfully he got out thank goodness but i say all of that to say that i don't know if it's because of you know the (laughs) the partying with the white gays or what it is or you know these events these clubs these hosts these managers these people at these clubs who are allowing the drugs in and all this other stuff because i'm hearing several different accounts of guys going to clubs or bars and then somebody just openly pulling out a bag of coke or people openly snorting lines people openly doing molly which molly is a baby form of meth fun fact um and doing pop and somebody just having a bottle of poppers laying around which you know poppers essentially huffing and the long-term effects of that are both linked to brain damage as well as blindness and speaking of poppers i remember one time i saw somebody jokingly say that oh well i'm just going to be a blind hoe out here in these streets on the time on the twitter timeline one time and that creeped me out because how can you be so cynical and so sinister with I don't even want to call it a dark sense of humor, but how could you make fun of of losing your sight and becoming disabled and still being a hoe? Because, you know, hashtag hoe is life. Like, I just I don't get it at all. It's like, here's the thing. We are all consenting adults. We are all adults. Number one, what if someone chooses to do with their body is fine. But just because you can do it, don't fucking mean that you can. Case in point. And again, a lot of y'all ain't even going to know who the fuck I'm talking about. That's fine. But just follow along with me. So there's this guy who another guy, another motherfucker from California. Maybe it's something out there. I don't know. Maybe the smog. Anyway, this black dude who every other like random weekend out of the month or whatever, he'll have like an entire gangbang for the weekend where he's getting he has like 
a goal of getting basically filled with cum loads. And he's been dubbed as, you know, 75, Mr. 75, a.k.a. Loadgate. And when people question, you know, his method of doing it and why he does it and is he if he is he afraid of, you know, contracting STIs, da, 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 HIV, stuff like that. He then revealed and again, he himself did this. He revealed that he is HIV positive, but he is undetectable because he's on the anti uh, fuck. What is it called? Antiviral meds. So he's on the, you know, antiviral meds, number one. But he then followed up with the fact that every time he does these, you know, game bangs where he's, you know, bottoming and getting filled with loads is that he himself has contracted or he continues to contract, you know, gonorrhea here and there, chlamydia here and there, syphilis here and there, the curable STIs. Now, here's the fucked up part about it. Not with him, but let me put a pause in that. Recently, it was a, it was discovered at an HIV convention that the curable STIs are becoming more and more resistant. I was going to say restraint in the same fucking field, but resistant to the antibiotics. And then the next two to three years, throat gonorrhea, for example, will become uncurable. And even if you, and truth be told though, these antibiotic resistant strands of the virus have been around for the last decade plus. So think 10 to 12 years. And while yes, they are still treatable, the treatments are longer to get rid of them. You know what I'm saying? So people need to really think twice about this newfound world that we are in where people are the whole sexual liberation movement. And I'm doing my best not to sound like a sex negative person because I used to be a prude. I did. I used to be prudish. I used to be on some puritarian shit. I did. But then I realized, again, what people are going to do with their bodies is what they're going to do. And it's perfectly fine. My only thing is because I I had to explain this to one of my best friends. And they finally fucking got it recently during a conversation we were having is that you got to think about it. The gay community is very fucking small. Let's say there's a guy who is from Atlanta or Ohio or New York or whatever the case is. And he's just fuck, 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 fucking everything that's in sight. Right. So he travels to Chicago. Right. And he hasn't gotten tested in, let's say, the past three to five months. So he thinks he's fine because no symptoms. I'll get to that in a second. So then he has sex with my friend, per se. And after the sex, you know, my friend the next day starts experiencing symptoms, discharge, you know, foul smell, stench, blood, whatever is coming out of their orifice, their sex organ. So they run to the clinic and find out, oh, shit, you got gonorrhea. Wait, how? The guy that I fucked, he didn't have anything. He was eight. Now, remember, he hasn't gone to get tested, right? Because he thought he was fine. The guy from wherever he, you know, Mr. Mystery nigga, mystery nigga. He's asymptomatic. And when you are asymptomatic for STD, you're not going to show symptoms. So I say that to say uh, the, the line of sex work is getting really dangerous because the normalization of heavy drug use within the black gay community is really becoming something that I'm going to go on record and say is, going, is basically our form of the AIDS epidemic. Where people will not really care when these dudes are dropping like flies because they'll figure, oh, well, that's the gays anyway. They party and do all them hard drugs and shit like that. So it is what it is. 
And it's just like, we don't want to have the conversation, but it needs to be had. Y'all are really out here doing all these hardcore drugs just to get through what you are doing, the type of the line of work that you are doing, but not realizing that because of the wear and tear that that's, you know, having so much sex is doing to your body, that you guys are not realizing that in the grand scheme of things, the long term grand scheme of things, your bodies will end up shutting down on y'all. Every other weekend, it's an orgy here. It's going to the club. It's doing this. It's doing this. Traveling here. Fucking all the niggas in this city. Fucking all the niggas in that city. Fucking all, you know, collaborating. Da-da-da-da. Putting out the content. Pumping out content. 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 And it's like, y'all are putting y'all bodies through the fucking ringer. And these drugs are accelerating the rate, your morality rate and mortality rate. Not morality. Your mortality rate. To where you niggas may start dropping dead by the time, if y'all even see the age of 40 and 50. I mean, hell, for the ones of y'all who are using meth, y'all teeth are going to start to rot and fall out. Y'all are going to start looking like zombies in the face, foaming and slopping and drooling at the mouth when you're having sex. Like, you're going to be so out of it that you're not going to be aware of your surroundings and something could easily happen to you. And I don't wish that on anybody. What I am saying is that This is something, this is an epidemic, a quiet epidemic that is being brushed and swept under the rug because, oh, don't be such a Debbie Downer. Don't kill my vibe. You don't have to worry about me and anybody else killing your vibe. It's the drugs that you are using that's killing your vibes. The angel dust, the molly, the meth, the coke, the crack, the whatever, the, the, the hell, G, uh, which is um, like a horse tranquilizer, ketamine, another horse tranquilizer. Y'all are using shit that should not be consumed by humans but again it's to get through this line of work that you guys are doing so what does that tell you all like see there are documentaries on netflix that one of my good homegirls have put me on to that are explaining life after porn and i remember one documentary that i watched i forget the woman's name but she was a porn star back in the day, like I want to say the like 90s, early 2000s or whatever the case was. So it was like, you know, vintage. I want to say from 80s to 90s. It was vintage. So after she had retired or whatever, she has two kids, mind you. Her and the daughter have a great relationship. Her son don't give a fuck about her. Like he's so distant from her. Like he didn't went off and became a doctor. He's doing great in life. They talk somewhat like they are like they talk, but he really just don't see it for his own mother. And that's because in high school and just in school, you know, boys will be boys, you know, boys will find, you know, looking up porn on the Internet and stuff like that. And imagine they come over to his house to hang out with him. Then they realize, wait a minute, is his mom? I just saw his mom. You know, like you just got to think about shit like that. So, of course, he was I'm going to just go ahead and say he was made fun of because, oh, your mom's a porn star. She was getting, you know, opened up on camera. Oh, I, I jerked off to your mom last night, like shit like that. And when she was talking about her, the shattered relationship with her son, she was in tears because she hates what. She did because of the consequences. And so what I what I (laughs) what I'm trying to say is with that is like, y'all got to be mindful of the consequences to your actions. If you don't want to think about yourself, think about your family. And if you do want to think about yourself, just think about the fact that the Internet is forever. 
this shit does not go away. No matter how many times you try to get the videos taken down, people down. Look, most of these bootleg porn sites give you the option to download videos. So you best believe people are making accounts just to just for that simple fact to download the porn so they can hold on to it in their drive before it gets deleted. But then they can easily upload it to another site and then another site and then another site and then another site. So you have to really think is this shit worth it? Yes, sex sales. We who who don't love sex every now and again? Who don't love a good porno every now and again? But it's the overindulgence and this demon time bullshit. Yes, y'all, I am on a roll. This is a bit of a rant. I'm sorry. I should have probably warned y'all. But it's just a lot of shit that just makes me look back, just sit back rather and be like, wow, motherfuckers really is out here on that hashtag whole is life shit thinking that this shit is cute. It's like, yo, y'all do realize what you do affects you, of course, but it affects others around you, i.e. your family. And if you are close to your family or if you give a fuck about anybody else aside from, you know, if you give a fuck about anybody else aside from yourself, just be mindful of your actions. Again, you're an adult. You're going to do what you want to do, and that's fine. But when it starts to affect those close to you, that's when you might want to reconsider things. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just very unfortunate. Like recently, so recently, again, you guys don't know who these people are. That's fine. I'm not holding that against y'all. No, so y'all who do know, hey, whatever. So these two only fan creators, right? Malik Joseph and Elijah Wild, and that's Wild with an E after the D. They had did like a, I, I a photo shoot or some some. They created content. They collaborated with two other creators. Uh, one of which is a bisexual homophobe, and he literally got into doing gay for pay uh, porn to feed his drug addiction. I think the guy's name is Tanks and Love three uh, three like the number three. Yeah, he basically got into the gay for pay quote unquote. Even though he's a bisexual, he's bisexual, but he's homophobic. I, the whole nother conversation, but he got into doing gay for pay porn to feed his drug habit. So there you go again, drug, you know, drugs, <laughs> dope fiend. Anyway, Malik Joseph and Elijah Wild, after they collaborated with uh, Tanks and the other guy, I think uh, the other guy is Grandy Glands or whatever, who apparently, side note, Grandy had got a basketball contract with Mexico and he said he was retiring from OnlyFans, but clearly that contract got shredded because he's back to you know, busting it wide open and jerking off with the fellas. Anyway, hold another conversation. Malik and Elijah, they have went back to Elijah's place. Now, allegedly, because this story is brand spanking new, allegedly, Elijah, mind you, they are at his place. Malik alleges that Elijah started doing meth um, right in front of him, which then prompted Malik for to some reason to pull out a gun and start taking aim and trying to basically splatter Elijah's brains onto the wall and the ground and the floor. So they got into a fight or whatever. Elijah kicked um, Malik out. He showed a video that was he recorded a video, posted it on his on his page of the bullet holes in the wall and the door and wherever else Malik was shooting, because he said that Malik apparently got drunk and couldn't you know hold his liquor and just got belligerent and just, you know, pulled out a gun and just started shooting. But again, it's a lot of back and forth. He said, he said. So this is a fresh story. The details are still coming out. But my thing is, why would him doing meth in his home prompt you to pull out a gun unless he was trying to, like, harm you? You know, like if it was some self-defense shit, because, hell, the dude Malik then put his damn Twitter page. He didn't protected his page, so you can't see any tweets unless you're following him. But it's just like... 
the fact that he just openly did the meth in front of you, I don't, that wouldn't have really warranted you pulling out a gun trying to shoot him unless something else happened. But it's just the fact that right then and there, it's like the open use of it and no shame. Like, I'm sorry, I'm 27. But even coming up, growing up, and even before me, you know, there was always this this shame around doing drugs. I mean, weed, yeah, but the older I got, it's like, child, look, everybody smokes a little weed every now and again. You know, everybody gets high. But the hardcore shit, there, that shit carried a level of shame where you didn't want people to know that you were doing that shit. But to see the amount of the usage in the community, like, I remember one of my best friends one time, he experimented with and this is the same friend I was telling y'all, he finally understands the whole correlation of how, you know, motherfuckers just fucking anything that moves and not going to get checked or being on PrEP or whatever the case is. Although PrEP only protects you from HIV, it doesn't protect you from the other STIs. But he finally understands how like stuff can indirectly, directly affect him. Yeah, him. This same friend one time was fucking around with this guy and they did. He experimented and used meth because the guy was using meth. And I was talking to him that day and I didn't know that he was using meth until later that night. And because he was so irate and so like irritable and just going off. Da -da 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 -da. And I had to let him know straight up and down. I will fuck you up. I, I'm going to beat your ass since you want to talk big shit. When the next time I see you, I'm beating the shit out of you. So let's see if you can fight, fight them. Talk, talk big shit when you got a fist in your fucking mouth. My nigga, talk big shit when I'm stumping your ass out in these size 10 knee guy shoes. My nigga, talk big shit then. Anyway. The next day, or better yet, a few days later, because it took him some time to sober up, he immediately started apologizing. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, I forgave him, but I reminded him, you do that shit again, I'm beating the fuck out of you. Don't try to say, oh, but well, you're not my mama. You're not my, my daddy. I can experiment. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Listen here, nigga. A, you are deaf. B, you are autistic. C, you are skinnier and smaller in size than me. So a nigga like uh, the nigga who you was fucking around with who did meth, you better thank God that he didn't do anything else to your ass that fucking night. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure his dick was about as limp as a damn gummy worm. And B, he probably was just too out of it to even have sex with you. And C refers to A points A and B. But it's like you need to be mindful of your fucking surroundings. And it's like you experimenting with with hookups, niggas who you don't know. Now, even if it, and even if it was a friends with benefits, nigga, I would still judge you because what the fuck are you doing? I don't hang around with motherfuckers who do coke. Look, those y'all who know shit before I had to do a rebrand with season zero and clean up those episodes. I had somebody in my life who was an avid cokehead, crackhead, pill popper, mollies, whatever, ecstasy, whatever. And that, that bitch, you, everybody could, t those who was really around could tell when that bitch was irritable versus when she was high or in or the, the weird gray in between space. You know what I'm saying? Then on top of that, drugs, hardcore drugs have affected my family directly. So I don't fucking take this shit lightly. That reminds me of another friend who tried to get mad at me when I was talking about, you know, the use of crack and coke and being like, trying to explain the shit away and being like, oh, but you don't know why people, bitch, I know why people use the shit, but it don't make it right because that shit fucks them. It puts them in a fucked up mind space where they'll either do or say any and everything and cause harm and not give a fuck about the people who they are harming. So don't fucking tell me how the fuck to feel about that shit, yo. Don't nobody ever, you can't fucking tell the same way I can't tell a nigga who wants to get, you know, nutted in 75 plus times that you shouldn't fucking do that every, every fucking month. Bitch, don't tell me how to fucking feel about dr hardcore drugs. 
I have an uncle who, thank God, cleaned himself up, but he was a hardcore crackhead back in the day. This nigga, you know what? Fuck it. This nigga did drugs with R. Kelly's older brother, the nigga, the one that's in prison. So, bitch, don't fucking tell me how to fucking feel about this shit. If I don't tell you how to feel about your problems, don't fucking tell me how to feel about some shit that I am passionate about. These drugs, these hardcore drugs are ravishing my fucking community, my black gay ass community to where in the next 10 to 15 years, a lot of these motherfuckers, these OnlyFans girls, these niggas are going to start dropping dead. Mark my fucking words. Their teeth are going to start falling out. And if they have if they haven't saved up enough money to get them a pair of new teeth, because teeth are fucking expensive. Um, just to get like one fix would cost you, I think like anywhere between one to $5,000. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these niggas are about to start dropping dead soon. And while no, I'm not trying to, you know, be on some heroic, Oh, let me save these niggas because I secretly want to fuck these niggas. No, it's a matter of nigga. I'm not trying to see shit down the timeline of, of their friends crying about, Oh my God, my friend gone, my friend dead, boo hoo, boo hoo. But then he works quote unquote celebrating and quote unquote honoring said friend by still doing the same fucking drugs that killed them in the first place. It's like the soul food logic. If for those of y'all who remember the movie soul food, big mama died because of the, you know, due to her diet and all the shit that she was eating. Right. And just like Huey and Boondocks pointed out at the end of the movie, everybody was still eating the same food that literally just killed the fucking matriarch in the family. What the fuck? Like, you just got to really realize that we are really in some in a fuck in a simulation that I'm going to say is is like labeled mind fuck. We are in a mind fuck simulation, like on some weird ass matrix shit, because just the way that people try to equate fucked up behavior in order to still do said fucked up behavior. It's like if your friend died of a drug overdose, be it crack, coke, heroin, heroin, whatever, you know, meth, molly, whatever, poppers, huffing, whatever, you then try to celebrate, quote unquote, by by doing the same shit that just killed them? What? Like, I just... I just I, I I worry this is coming from a place of concern. Again, this is not coming from a place of being judgmental because it's like being judgmental or being a quote unquote hater. I can't hate a motherfucker who's about to lose their teeth in the next few years. I Look, you can look as fine as you want to. But the moment that mouth open up and you got more gaps in your teeth than a motherfucker got gaps in their resume. I, I, what, what, how the fuck am I hate? How, how, how am I going to hate on that? Somebody really tell me, how the fuck am I going to hate on that? Bitch, I have all my teeth. Do you? Oh, okay, cool. I can keep an erect dick. Can you? Oh, okay. Sorry, not sorry, but bitch, I pride myself on the fact that I don't have to use poppers just to take dick. I've had the, I've had some, some big dicks before and I've had some dicks that were not, that were average and shit. And even the dicks that's in between and I've been able to take them without any poppers, baby. So what's good? And my hole is still intact. Unlike a lot of y'all that's about to be rocking depends by the time you 35 because y'all just, you know, love getting slut. Don't don't get me wrong. I like a motherfucker who's a freak. But if you got to get slutted out every goddamn weekend, it's like, nigga, you ain't got no walls. It's amazing that you even holding your shit, literally. So, again, this ain't coming from a place of hating or nothing like that. Because, again, I can't hate a motherfucker who losing their teeth. I can't hate a motherfucker who can't keep a hard dick. I, I ain't hating on a motherfucker who is dependent on drugs just to get through the fucking day. Bitch, I can't hate on that. This is coming from a place of concern. 
The, and the fact is that it's like something we need to continue to have this conversation and find a way to better cope with life. Don't get it twisted. Trying to go through life sober is hard. But if if you can't just you know smoke a little weed or do some shrooms every now and again, have a sit the fuck back and have a glass of wine and you got to turn to the hardcore shit. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't need to be here no more because. Y'all using these drugs thinking that this shit is not addictive, but it's like, again, a lot of y'all can't even get through the day or the week without get snorting a line, without sniffing them ski slopes, without popping a molly and you sweating. Woo! Like y'all can't get through the fucking day or week or month or year without. It's like, yo, what? Like, I, I just, when what, what's going to be the wake up call? Because that same guy I was telling y'all about earlier, Mr. Malik Joseph, this is not his first time having a domestic violence issue with another OnlyFans content creator. Um, a porn star named Knockout, they got into it because Malik was catching feelings for Knockout and Knockout wasn't catching feelings for him. This was just a work situation, uh, which is, you know, hey, motherfuckers ain't signing contracts and NDAs and split sheets. So I don't really know how y'all are conducting business, but that's another conversation. Anyway, they got into it and Malik like literally cut or stab- he cut and or stabbed I think he a cut and stabbed a knockout and sliced him across the face, too. So it's like this nigga is violent as fuck. But because he is conventionally attractive, a.k.a. he's, you know, light and he's light skinned. So he gets a pass. Motherfuckers want to overlook that shit. But it's like this dude is violent. And he literally almost just shot Elijah Wilde's brains out. That nigga was finna have his brain splattered on the damn ground like some spilt raspberry cheesecake. So at what fucking point? Do we say, hmm, something is wrong in my Farrakhan, in my Lewis Farrakhan voice? Something is wrong. What At what point do we say something is wrong and realize what the wrong thing is? At what point do we say, hey, let's try to have a conversation, a kumbaya, my Lord, coming to fucking Jesus moment, a coming to the, a calling on the ancestors moment or whatever the fuck have you? When? When do we have that? Because... It's really going to be a sad day that as much progress as we are making or as much progress as we think we are making, we're literally about to send ourselves back into a time of motherfuckers dropping like flies. And it's not going to be because of a virus, a a virus, you know, medically speaking, you know, scientifically and medically speaking, but the virus of drugs, hardcore drugs, the party drugs. The party has to end at some at the end of the day, the party has to end at some point. And, and my question to all of y'all is when when will the party be over for you when you're laid up in a hospital bed with tubes all in and out your nose and your ass and your dick and, and in your arms, the IVs and stuff. And shit, you're probably on life support and your family, if they're even around you, if you haven't ostracized all of them, they have to decide whether or not to pull the fucking plug. I just, it's shit like this that just has me really concerned for the way, with the way of the world, you know? And I know some people would be like, oh, you doing too much. Oh, da, 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 da. Bitch, I'm passionate. I can't fucking help that. Again, I'm not trying to be anybody's hero, not trying to be nobody's savior, not trying to be anybody's parent. I'm just merely bringing up something that is very serious and something that concerns me. Because 
you got to think about the the young boys who are coming up under my generation. And nowadays, these hardcore drugs are so normalized that instead of them being alert to it, thanks to the media, which is like making them unalert to it and it's helping to, you know, lower their lower their instincts and lower their ambitions and lower their just, you know, lower their senses to it and their, you know, sensitivity to it. It's it's making it seem like it's okay. On top of the fact that we in the black gay community in particular, well, in the gay male community in general, but again, I'm black and gay, so I'm focusing on the black gay community. We have made it to where the porn stars are our fucking celebrities. Are you fucking kidding? I ain't never finna put a nigga who gets fucked for who gets fucked for a living on a pedestal as as a on the same pedestal as a goddamn celebrity. Bitch, you're a fucking porn star. Not trying to hate, not trying to sex shame. But you're not a celebrity like you're maybe a Z list celebrity. But bitch, you're not you're no one's Beyonce. Let's get that shit correct. You're no one's Queen Latifah. You're no one's Issa Rae. You're no one's Janelle Monet. You're no one's Remy Ma. You're no one's Papoose. You're no one's Busta Rhymes. You are no one's Kanye motherfucking West. You are no one's Azealia motherfucking Amanda Banks. You are no one. You're just somebody who gets slutted out on camera for five hundred dollars per scene, bitch. So how? Ugh, you know what? I don't even know how to really end this segment per se because I'm just like really in a space of wow, what the fuck? But all I gotta say is y'all, please put the crack pipes down. Please put the meth pipes down. Please go go in rehab. Get you some fucking help. Get rid of your friend circle because a lot of them it's it's probably all of your friends who are doing it and you're getting influenced and peer pressure to do it. Clean house. Clean house. And get people around you who want what's best for you versus who want to keep you down trodden. Because when you look in the mirror and you can't recognize yourself one day, maybe that'll be your wake up call. Or when you're in the hospital bed and you got tubes all up in your ass and shit like that, and you're trying to, and a fucking machine is breathing for you, that would be the fatal wake up call. So which one do you want? The soft core wake up call of, of looking in the mirror one day and not recognizing yourself and then trying to get back to who the fuck you were? Or... The fatal wake up call of you being on death's doorstep. Knock, 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 knocking on that bitch, waiting for the Grim Reaper to answer with a cup of fucking glass ice with a glass of ice fucking tea laced with arsenic. Which one do you want? How do you want it? Let me know. Inquiring minds want to know. Anyway, y'all, I will be right back after these messages from today's sponsors. Whew, Jesus Christ. Whew. I'm pretty sure most of you are familiar with the line from the Notorious B.I.G., Black and Ugly as Ever, however. So I'm here to tell you about Black and Ugly, a clothing line where the phrase itself is an oxymoron and it is not everything that you think. Rather, it's everything you think it's not. Here at Black and Ugly, you are going to find unique pieces of clothing from hats to hoodies to sweatpants to camouflage pants to backpacks to little pins that you can put on your backpack as well as your clothing down to jackets, hockey shirts, so on and so forth. And mind you, this is not your typical average wear. No, this is wearable art created by a black woman for for the people by the people. This is like FUBU 2.0. Black and ugly. It's everything that you think it's not. Be sure to head on over there and let them know that the Royal Hour Prince Onyx sent you. Ow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Royal Hour podcast with your good guy here, Prince Onyx. 
So to end the episode on a more lighter note, because I know the last segment was it was spicy, but it was just it was really needed. Like I just when spirit is on me and I need to relay these messages, however they have to come out, it is what it is. Like people can try to say, oh, you're being too preachy. You're trying to be self-righteous, all this other shit. But it's just like, you know what? And I thought about this today, which is why I want to apologize for the delay in this episode coming out so late today. Um, but hey, you know, again, I'm taking care of my mother and I got other shit going on and yeah, but hey, other than that, um, what I wanted to say was, is that as it pertains to the previous segment, the psychosis of a majority of the black gay sex workers is something that needs to be studied because a lot of these guys are just drugged out of their mind they you know they've been put on pedestals they are basically they are on somehow some way they're on the same level as a celebrity which is weird you know what i'm saying and just they let the 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 internet fame and the the pseudo fame if you will and the clout and the money and everything else these vices go to their head and they're just out of control you know um so I just uh, it's something that needs to be studied and I don't know maybe one day I'll have an expert on here to break that shit down and we can examine different cases like the one I brought up in the previous segment but anyway you guys on a more lighter note so y'all know those of y'all who've been rocking with me since day one y'all know I am a huge fan of Mariah the Scientist right so, you know, me and the other fans of Mariah the Scientist, you know, we follow her on Twitter and we have our notif- her the notifications on. So whenever she tweets, we can catch it because she is the, fuck it, not the princess. She's the queen of tweet and delete. Okay. So recently, a couple of days ago, I was just, I was on Twitter and I was like, hmm, I haven't gotten any notifications lately. So I had scrolled and looked and I was like, okay, I don't see her popping up. Let me Google and not Google. Let me, you know, search on Twitter and see what's going on. So apparently she deleted her account. A lot of us are clueless as to why, but I feel like I know why. And it's because so this weekend um, is Coachella and she's performing Sunday, April 17th um, at, from 2 to 2.35. So her her uh, set is about 35 minutes long. And I'm interested in seeing what it's giving, you know, because I feel like she definitely has taken the critique and criticism seriously. And she is improving and has been improving on her live performances because you know, she stated in an interview is that she really just started this career really just on the whim of the guy who she was dating at the time, broke up with her after she had recorded these songs that, you know, made it to the uh, first album, Master. And, you know, it was like a Valentine's Day gift. He broke up with her and, you know, she was really heartbroken. So she just said, fuck school and dived right into music. And here she is now, you know, from 2018 to to now, you know, so with that being said, it's like, you know, her performances, you know, I mean, they haven't been the best, but she's listened to the critique, even though it has been harsh and cruel. And I feel like that's another reason why she deleted her Twitter for the time being is because the last thing she wants to do is be looking up, you know, and I don't think she does this, look herself up on Twitter and see people talking shit about her. But she probably doesn't want to be bombarded with people adding her talking about, oh, here go Mariah, the scientist fighting for her life on stage again. Oh, she's terrible. Blah, 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 blah. So I just want to say my my thoughts and prayers are with her because, um, yeah, social media, as she stated in one of her songs, can be a very rather poisonous thing. And yeah, she just, hey, she did what she did that was necessary for her. 
And I'm glad that she did it. I mean, I miss her tweets because like the fun thing about being a fan of hers is like always trying to read in between the lines. Like you can't tell if it's some song lyrics for an upcoming song, you know, because oh my God, I'm pretty sure she records like bukus of songs and we only get like 10 of them per album, which is why I'm hoping that this third album we get at least like 14 tracks. I was going to say 12, but nah, we need 14 because what are we going to do with 10 songs, girl? Like granted the EP... You know, Buckles Laboratory presents the intermission. I'm glad that that came out with them four songs, especially y'all know Spread Thin is my favorite, um, followed by Church, which is one of her class, one of her like before she went mainstream songs. And the song Only Human. Okay, well, see, I'm getting into the I'm getting into it already. Anyway, look, I am glad that she did what she did. And that's okay. And I'm patiently awaiting her return on Twitter, you know, but I wanted to do this segment because when the EP first had dropped last month, Buckles Laboratory presents the intermission. I was going to do a review of it, but I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna hold off on it because I just wanted to let it sit for a little bit. And now that, I, you know, it's been in my possession for a month, you know, we the fans have had it for a little over a month now. I figured now I can give a review of this again. It's four tracks, but hey, it is what it is. So Church is from the original EP called To Die For, which is the EP that she had gifted to her ex-boyfriend at the time. So Church is one of those songs along with Brain, uh, which was on Rai Rai World, the uh, sophomore album, uh, Beetlejuice and Reminders, which are on the first album, Master. And what else? Uh, let's see. Brain, Church, Beetlejuice, Master. There's a song called Beauty Queens, which is more like an outro. And she actually mixed that with another song. I don't know the name of that song exactly. I don't know if it's Enemies or if it's it's another song that she mixed Beauty Queens with. So I feel like that'll come out later. And then there's the song The Wire, which, oh, my God, I feel like when she re-records that, it's going to be spec fucking tacular. But anyway, so uh, Church is definitely a great song. It's like one of the lovey-dovey songs. It's like you're in love with this person. It, whenever you're with them, it's just you and them in the room you know, you're like, hey, y'all, excuse us. Can we get through? Like, you know, I'm talking like we're famous. Like the lyrics, her her pen game is really unmatched. Like it may not seem like she's saying much, but man, them verses, she just she knows what she's doing. So church is definitely my top fave. Well, second top fave. The first one being spread thin, which is a song that's basically about you know, finding out that a guy or a person who you were in love with was just really faking and fronting and just being on some fuck shit. And then here you are left to pick up the pieces and being like, damn, like, you know, hmm, was it really worth it doing all this faking and fronting just to get a hit further ahead in life? Because now you you want me back, but it's kind of like I'm too spread thin on this situation, you know, and I really like that song. And fun fact, it was actually supposed to be on the soundtrack for this independent film but for whatever reason it didn't make the cut so she just you know of course kept it for herself i think she was commissioned to do the song you know paid for it and you know she recorded it but they just didn't take it for whatever reason so she just kept it but you know playing that snippet for us on instagram live during the quarantine um you know back in 2020 a lot of people were like yo you need to put this out and so here it is 2022 we finally got the song so there's that and then mm, only human. I like that one. And it had to grow on me. I'm not going to lie. It had to grow on me because I don't know, like it was just a new uh, a new sound with Mariah that I had to get used to. But I like it because only human is basically saying how, hey, 
forgive me for when I have fucked up and did you wrong. I'm only human and, you know, we all make mistakes. But please, I don't want this to end like this relationship to end like the last one did because of, you know, unspoken words and just a lot of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So let's not let this this one end like the last one did for me and for you, our last relationships, you know, or more so in her case, she's speaking from her experience of, hey, don't let this relationship end like the last one. Yes, I said something that hurt you. It was fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm human. You know what I'm saying? Like it's only like she says in the song, it's only human to make a few mistakes. And I can't let this one end the same. I know some things I can't explain, things I can't erase. But I know when I am wrong, um, damn, when I am wrong. Please accept the re accepting the things that I, I can't, I'm getting a little lost on the lyrics, but y you know, it's basically, Hey, forgive me for when I have fucked up and yeah, let's move past it. Like I'm giving you your space to process it, you know, give me my space to process it as well, but let's not hold on to it forever, you know? And then, um, the last one, boys don't cry. That one definitely had to grow on me and it still kind of does, but you know, boys don't cry is basically saying how like, you know, niggas definitely will cry over anything, especially, you know, women. Um, when you lose a good, good woman, when you lose hell shit for the niggas who date niggas like myself, you lose a good man or a good guy loses you. And you're just like, nigga, you gonna cry about this shit. Cause you gonna realize, damn, he was the one who really gave a fuck about me or damn. She was the one who really gave a fuck about me. Like, yeah, nigga. Yeah, we did. And what the fuck? So in all in all, I would give Buckles Laboratory presents the intermission. I would give it a B plus. Yes, I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, it was originally supposed to be five tracks, but the intro, which was called End of the World, had a sample that didn't get cleared. And it would have took, I think, one to two weeks for that sample to get cleared. And she didn't want to wait any longer. So she just went ahead and sacrificed that track. I wish, however, since she had to sacrifice that track, she would have replaced it with like 6am, which is a song that I'm dying to hear the full version of, or Mood, um, which, you know, that one that she had pl played a snippet of at, I think it was Coachella last year, or no, Rolling Loud last year. Something about the way that he sounds when he says, all of that running through my head, Lord knows there's no way to be just friends. Lord knows it don't make no sense. And something about the way that I'm stuck in this phase. Staring at this look on your face. Lord knows I'm feeling the same. Lord knows I just can't give this love away. Hey, I'm sorry. I couldn't help but to push up on it. Couldn't help but notice you belong with me. Take you home just to meet my mama. Look, that's all right. There. I'm telling you, if she drops that, because it's April now. So if she drops that like next month or in June, bitch, that's going to be a summer anthem. Okay, like drop it okay um and to be honest with you i think that song she was actually looking to get a feature on honestly if she hmm, i've been thinking lately who she could get on this she could either get chloe bailey she could get ari lennox she could get janae Iko, she can get drake but i would more so get somebody who's like lesser known in the r&b realm like they're a, they're an r&b singer but they are lesser known in a sense where they're like kind of like a hidden figure if you will um because it's like, I feel like those people who are listed maybe not so much out of her reach, but like if the budget isn't there to get that feature, because I, I heard like Drake charges like I think 350000 for his features. Who Jesus, child. The day I start charging for that, trust and believe, I'm definitely going to give you my best work, okay? 
But yeah, like get somebody like um this new artist I discovered. I'm hoping I'm saying his name right, but I'm probably not. So I'm going to spell it out. E-L-H-A-E. -E. So I think it's Eleha. I'm probably said it wrong, but I think he would be perfect on that track if she still wanted to get a feature on that. So, yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I, I give it a B plus, you know, I give it a B plus just because I feel like if she would have put like just either one of those two tracks on it, 6 a.m. or Mood or hell, put both of them on it, uh, it would have been perfect. OK, but I'm excited to see the playback from um, her performance tomorrow at Coachella and seeing how she has improved, because, you know, when you have your faves, you know, you want them to win and you want you just want to see them succeed and continue to grow. And again, she put her mental health first because I know social media can be a lot, especially for today's artists, because people with Mariah in particular, in particular, people will say shit like, oh, I listen to some of her songs and what the fuck is she saying? She's saying some pathetic shit. Oh, she can't really sing. Oh, my gosh. She's only here because of colorism and da 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 da. And it's like. The girl is doing what she's doing way better than what some people are doing, which ain't doing shit, you know, and uh, this the featureism and the colorism conversation comes up. But it's like, yo, are y'all supporting women like Ari Lennox? Are y'all supporting women like Summer Walker and women who look like them as well? Hell, Fanna Hughes. Are you guys supporting her? You know, these hell, Brie Runaway, these dark and brown skinned women who y'all talk about. Oh, ain't nobody. Oh, why, they should be bigger. They should be bigger. Da, da, da. Yeah, they should. But guess what? If a lot of people aren't checking for them. Come on now. Like y'all so focused on Chloe and this person and that person and child Narmani and her terrible rollouts. But that's a whole nother conversation. But it's like, yo, leave Mariah the scientist the fuck alone. She is doing the damn thing. Leave her the fuck alone. Mariah the Scientist, trust you have a number one fan here, uh, Prince Onyx at the Royal Hour Podcast. And yeah, I am looking forward to this new album, though. I'm glad we are getting a new album this year. Thought we would have had to wait another year, but I'm looking forward to the new album. And honestly, I think she should drop, like, if not a single, drop another EP before the album. Because the album isn't coming until fall slash winter of this year. So give us like another EP to hold us over until then. Like I'm telling you right now, just give us another EP. Bam, we good. Okay. And make if it's not going to be five tracks, I'll take another four. And my four personal favorite from the snippets that I've heard, my four would be 6 a.m. Uh, as if mood and ooh, what would be the fourth one? Shit, what would be the fourth one without you? Yeah, without you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And then because I really feel like the song Jaded, aka No More Entertainers, I feel like that one is gonna be on the on the album. So save that one for the album because I feel like that's gonna be on the album. But these four that I just listed, definitely drop those. But anyway, y'all. We have come to the end of our show. I just want to say again, thank y'all for tuning in today with your good guy here, Prince Onyx here at the Royal Hour. I apologize for the delay. I'm doing my best to be more and more consistent. Um, here's the thing. The drops for the episodes are always Saturdays at 1230 p.m. Central Time. Let's on the safe side, give it between 1230 to to three. So that way it's like, you know, just be on the lookout for that because, again, I'm taking care of my mom. I'm washing line. I'm doing laundry. You know what I'm saying? Doing all this other stuff. So I have to really carve out time to record. So my apologies again for this delay. But other than that, I thank y'all for tuning in and I will see you guys next week. Peace. Ow. <laughs>